Content warning. This video contains content that involves violence, suicide, and death. Viewer discretion is advised. All right, we're rolling. Hello, everybody. It's Saturday afternoon. You know what time that means. Make a strange podcast coming to you live from San Diego, California. And the crowd tonight is electric. Ah. Sorry, I'm going to soak this in for a second. What? I'm soaking in the crowd for like 20 minutes. Sorry, we just got done watching yeah, wrestling. <laughs> uh, and now we're doing this podcast. Yeah, and about I'm, a very, I'm in wrestler mode. Yeah. But we're not talking about wrestling today. Thank you for joining us, everybody, for another episode of the Mega Strange podcast. We're going very, very mega strange. Yes. We're talking about arguably the most famous cult in America. I was trying to really think arguably like, which cult would be maybe more famous. This one's definitely in the top five. I, yeah. I was, definitely in, in the top three. Yeah. I guess the Manson family and that's and this and that, that would be like my top two. Uh, we're talking about Heaven's oh, Gate today. Um, yeah. Jonestown, Manson family. America has a long history of cults. <laughs> yeah. It's, but, it's crazy. Uh, you know, ever since this whole little Heaven's Gate cult came along in yeah. 1997, we really haven't talked about any other cults. Maybe there have been some. They just haven't quite risen to the height of notoriety yeah. that this one uh, has. Famously because 39 people in this cult offed themselves yeah. in, a, in a mass self-death event that happened right here in our hometown of San Diego. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't know about that until you... My hometown, yeah, until, I should say. Johnny moved here yeah. from the East Coast. I, I actually, you know, I brought it up to a couple of people. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know we, we, we visited the house and all that shit. And, blah, 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 excuse me. Uh, we visited the house and people were like, where'd you go? And I was like, oh, it was in San Diego. And a lot of yeah. people, I feel like they don't know that it happened here. Let me pause before yeah. we get into it. I yeah. want to totally change the subject yeah. real quick. Look at this, Johnny. We're going to put a picture of this up on the screen for everybody at home to look at. Uh, Hopefully you are watching this on the Mega Strange YouTube channel and you're subscribed to the Mega Strange YouTube channel. You are looking at what is known spinner. as oh. the grandfather of fidget spinners. <laughs> this is an Omni wheel. Omni wheel. Yes. I assume it goes in many directions. This is an Omni wheel. It's a wheel that's capable of going forward and backwards and side to side. It's, yes. a, it's a wheel that can go in any direction. It's used in like robotics and stuff. This Omni wheel was invented uh, by a man named Joseph F. Bloomrick, Bloomrick. who was one of the up higher up people at NASA. Okay. Um, when he invented this, he claims that the Omni wheel uh -huh. is reverse engineered ufo technology oh shit it yeah. looks like a ufo he got the idea from a ufo what ufo you ask well i'll tell you see this guy joseph f bloomrick mm. he wrote a book in the 70s it was called the spaceships of ezekiel okay and he claimed that the prophet ezekiel in the bible who claimed to have a vision of god Coming down to Earth in a vehicle um, that he called a Merkaba. Okay. Maybe you've heard of this? No. 
Well, he claims to have seen this in a vision. Um, Joseph M. Bloomrick says that wasn't a vision. Okay. That Ezekiel was visited by ancient astronauts. Um, and Okay. And that the vision, as it is described in the Bible, is actually a, a very intricate description of a UFO spacecraft. Bloomrick wrote this book, The Spaceships of Ezekiel, where he, and he was working for NASA at the time, Yeah, he sketches out the spacecraft as it is described in the Bible. Okay. And from those sketches was able to pull this design of the Omni Wheel out, which he then patented in 1972. Okay. This book, The Spaceships of Ezekiel and others like it at the time, um, another one most notably called Chariots of the Gods. I they, have info about that as well. Yeah, they all have this idea that ancient aliens visited people in the Bible. Yes. And not only that, but some of those people in the Bible were, I guess we could say, abducted by these aliens uh-huh. um, and taken away to heaven. This is the theory, the foundational theory of which Heaven's Gate, the cult, is entirely built upon. Yes. So, all that being said is just to say today we're going to be covering what Heaven's Gate, what were they thinking? What were they into? What were they thinking? What were they thinking? <laughs> and what happened to them? Because what I find most interesting, Heaven's Gate, we mostly, all of us know how it ended. Yeah. Not a lot of people know how it started. And in doing my research, I found that their core belief the foundational belief of the Heaven's Gate cult was that humans did not have to die. That was the foundational core belief. You don't have to die. You can go to heaven yeah. without dying. Um, that aliens will pick you up and take you to heaven. And they say that this has happened in the Bible. It's described in the Bible. And they thought it was going to happen to them. Um, there, yeah, in doing my research, I, yeah, I, I found a lot of that as well. And like now at yeah. some point that changed, obviously mm. we're going to get into the story. We're going to talk about why it changed, when it changed. Yeah. And also I want to kind of talk about some of these aliens that are described in the Bible. What sure. do they look like? How do they work? Uh, what I find interesting about this Bloomrick guy who invented this Omni wheel, he had read chariots of the gods, which yeah. suggested that Ezekiel's vision was a vision of a UFO and he didn't believe it because he worked for NASA and he set out to disprove it. And in his research and trying to disprove it, he convinced himself that it actually was a UFO. So we're going to look at the descriptions as they are, and we're going to see what these UFOs supposedly look like all that. And we visit the house. Yes. Where the Heaven's Gate cult ended up, it is right here in San Diego. We tracked it down. We go on location and we pay a visit to a local museum, which claims to have a display yes. of the Heaven's Gate crime scene, uh, a recreation of the bodies as they were found on site. All that and more today on this episode of Make Strange. We're already in it. Welcome, everybody. How you doing? How I you doing, we're about John? to go to commercial. For I know a we there. should go to commercial, but we don't have commercials because <laughs> we're just on YouTube. Um, I, I'm kind of blown away. We kind of both do our research and come together and kind of like talk about it. But like, I feel like 
really scared almost. Like I also found that everything kind of funneled to that book, Chariot of the Gods. Yeah. Um, now, um, personal story. Yeah. I grew up Catholic and I used to go to religious education, which is like an after school thing I'd do once a week. They dropped me off at my church. The church actually built schools, like built a school full of classrooms. Yeah. And every grade you would like go. Is this CCD? Yeah. CCD. Okay. This, that was always something uh, growing up Jewish kids would tell me about and I never knew what it was. So I have this weird vision Dude, of what it is CCD in my brain. sucked, by the way. <laughs> it was just extra school. That's what I always heard, yeah. But you're learning about the Bible, but not even really. They're just teaching you songs and like, mm. you know, religious songs like Awesome God, which I'm sure you've never sang and I've sang hundreds of times. I mean, I know it from YTMND. Yeah, of course. It's a famous one. Well, one time I had this CCD teacher who was a freak, dude. Okay. He was like, he would, uh, I was in like fifth or sixth grade and he would just oh. tell the class random stuff. Like, you know, if you stick a pencil in a frog's mouth, it'll be able to breathe in, but not breathe out and it'll explode. And I was like, okay, that, I, that doesn't seem like something you should teach at uh, CCD. Yeah. And he was like, you know, the real cure for a hangover is chocolate and orange juice. I specifically remember him telling us those two things. When I was oh. in class and I thought like, this guy's cool. And I remember like I would raise my hand and make snarky comments because yeah. I thought like this, this is the one CCD teacher who can get away with that stuff. And one day he pulled me aside and he's like, you know, Derek, I can tell you like to think about stuff. <laughs> Let me show you something. I want to give you something. The Bible. You can borrow this. You can give it back to me whenever you want. And he gave me a copy of Chariots of the Gods. Holy fuck. Yeah. I was like 11 years old. And I was like. What is this? It, trying to indoctrinate yeah, you. Yeah, and all he said, he gave me the book, and Wait, he's like, "How old were you?" I was eleven. I was okay, like, "This fifth, was after fifth or sixth this grade. was after Heaven's Gate, right?" Um, um uh, what if this dude was trying to get you into Heaven's Gate? Honestly, I think this was like maybe one year before Heaven's Gate. Okay, this was probably like nineteen ninety six. Okay, ninety five or ninety six. He might have been. He handed me this book, Chariots of the Gods, and I, I was like, "What is this?" And he's like. This book's about aliens, like real aliens. And I was like, aliens are real? Like what? And he's like, yeah, read this book. He's like, but remember, he said something like, there's nothing in this book that God doesn't want you to know. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, shout out to that teacher. Shout out. I want to read this book now. Yeah, Cherry to the Gods was my introduction to like the Nazgul lines. Mm. And like, I don't remember a lot of stuff uh, about ancient aliens because as a kid, I kind of perused. I didn't really sit down to read. Yeah. But I remember stuff about how the Aztecs would have these carvings of people that looked like astronauts. The Nazgul lines were these like giant drawings done on the landscape that you could not see from the ground but could only be viewed from like high up in the atmosphere and they would like you know who was looking at these things was the question yeah um all kinds of weird stuff how the pyramids align with certain like constellations and and uh you know astronomical objects all kinds of weird stuff in chariots of the gods that was my introduction to this book <laughs> way back in the 90s yeah that's that's a lot um should I get into some history here? Is that cool? Or do you want to start with the with your history? I have some 70s um, history here. Well, so this book, I think, is a good place to start. Chariots okay. of the Gods. Yeah. It came out in 1968. Yeah. Um, the book that I mentioned, The Spaceships of Ezekiel, came out in 1974. Okay. And this was about the time when the Heaven's Gate cult was being put together. 
by the two founders, um, Herb Marshall Applewhite and a woman named Betty Nettles, I think yes. was her name, Betty. Bonnie. Bonnie Nettles, yeah. Um, but in doing my research, what I found, which was really important to understanding why people joined Heaven's Gate to begin with, and mm. it wasn't called that at the time. No. They had a different name back then. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what it is. It's like, I think it was just called the UFO cult. Yeah, That's what was, people would it was, call it. It was something lame. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this book, Chariots of the Gods, this idea that aliens had visited Earth yeah. in biblical times or in ancient cultures nowadays that's a joke it's a meme it's kind of passe the dude with the big hair like, yeah aliens bro yeah but back in 1968 that was a brand new idea in fact it was um a revolutionary idea it was you know this was in the height of like the space race and mm. and um you know russia and america were just venturing into space and this idea of space travel was brand new to the world and this idea that Maybe this is new to us, but has, you know, just the idea of UFOs yeah. visiting us was a whole new um, concept in the culture. And this is where Heaven's Gate first started making waves. Yes. They would um, go to like colleges and, you know, set up these talks and invite people to come listen to them. And I think that people would come almost as a joke because even honestly today, if I got a flyer that said like UFO cult having a discussion seven o'clock today in the park, I might be like, yo, let's get a couple beers, go down yeah. to the park, listen to what the UFO cult has to say. I, I have a ton of info on this. If you want me to dive into it, dive into okay. it. And then we're going to talk about, we're going to rewind and talk about how this all got started. Sure. Um, okay. Let me take you back. It's 1975. You're in uh, Waldorf, Oregon. Okay. You're a hippie. Nice. And you're, You've gone through every new age thing you possibly know, and you're bored. You're yeah. like, you LSD, LSD, marijuana, meditation, meditation, <laughs> and uh, sex, but not, but free love. You can't seem to find that. Like everyone talks Woodstock. about <laughs> reaching nirvana, but you can't, like, you can't seem to find that. And you're getting pissy. Yeah, I you're just have a upset. headache. You're getting really upset that you can't find nirvana like all these books are talking about. Yeah. You're walking around with your hippie bros right. around the colleges, uh -huh, around the hate Ashbury district. And you, Yo, is Jerry Garcia around here, man? And you see this flyer. Bro, what's this flyer? Oh, uh, it says UFOs, why they are here, who they have come for, when they will leave, what? Should I keep reading? If you want to. <laughs> Not a discussion of UFO sightings or phenomenon. Wow. Now it gets to brass tacks here. Yeah. Two individuals say they were sent from the level above human and will return to that level in a spaceship. UFO. Within the next few months. Uh, when was this? This was uh, 1975, September 14th, when okay. the first uh, meeting was. Within the next few months, this man and woman will discuss how the transition from the human level to the next level is accomplished and when this may be done. This is not a religious or philosophical organization recruiting membership. However, the information has already prompted a number of individuals to devote their total energy to the transitional process. If you have ever entertained the idea that there might be a real physical level in space beyond the Earth's confines, you will want to attend this meeting. So, uh, I don't know if you want to keep reading or not. So you're a hippie. You see this. You've read Chariot of the Gods. Apparently, Chariot of the Gods is one of the top books in the 70s. Yeah, it so, was a bestseller. Yeah, so... You've read Chariot I mean, of the Gods. My teacher gave it to me like 20 years later yeah. saying I had to read it. 
You've read Chariot of the Gods. You see this and you're looking for that thing. And you're like, what's this? this enlight- I can't reach this enlightenment. Maybe it's something to do with aliens. You go to this meeting. There's like hundreds of people there. Like you said, um, you know, everyone's like, oh, what is this? Let's go check it out. Let's grab a couple of brews. There's two people there named uh, T and Doe. And they're telling you how to reach the next level that you're an alien. You just need to unlock it. And that's the start of Heaven's Gate. <laughs> yeah, in a nutshell. <laughs> uh, I feel like I was waiting for the hammer to drop there. Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of lost it there. But yeah, they had this meeting. Hundreds of people attended. And essentially, they told them that they could reach this next level. Um, their initial cult was very based on like, if you get rid of all this, huma- like your humanity, you will become an alien. All right. And then the aliens will take Hold you. on one sec. Hold oh, You're getting a pin. way ahead of it. Okay. You're getting way ahead of it. Because, yeah, you mentioned a couple of things there. There's these two leaders named T and Doe. Yes. Um, they claim to be aliens. Um, and they say that they have a process by which you can join them on an alien journey into space. But who are these people and where do they get started? So, yes. So T and Doe, mm-hmm. those are the... T- new names that were taken on and given to the founders of the cult, uh, Marshall Applewhite and where is their name? Bonnie, Bonnie Nettles. Nettles. Um, now Marshall Applewhite was apparently like a teacher and a yes. youth minister. Uh, in my research, I learned he was, um, he taught like musical theater. Yeah. He taught theater and stuff. Yeah. And Bonnie was a nurse at a hotel. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, a hospital. Mm hmm. And they had a chance meeting in 1972 when Marshall visited the hospital and apparently just met her and they had this cosmic connection where she was like, I know you. I know you from a past life. Yeah. I really know you. Do you know me? And apparently Marshall was like, "Um, maybe. And she's like, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Fucking yeah, maybe. I fucking know you, bro. <laughs> I fucking know you. And he was like, yeah. Yeah. I know you. That's essentially what happened. Oh, here's the thing. Uh, in some research I found, I couldn't find this a lot of places, but a lot of people claim that uh, Marshall Applewhite had like a, some, some type of mental collapse or something. And was like administered into that hospital. Mm. And that's how they met. A lot of people don't talk about yeah. it. That's like, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I actually couldn't find clarification yeah. on whether this was a mental hospital or not. Yeah. That fact is definitely tossed in there. This may have been a mental hospital. Yeah. But I also heard Marshall was um like going with a friend. Yeah. It's not clear. No. I think it's safe to say these two were absolutely crazy. 100%. But did they meet in a mental hospital? We don't know. But essentially when they met each other, they had a cause, a deep cosmic connection, a deep understanding that they had known each other in past lives and that this was a fate, um, a fated encounter. Yes. They both put a lot of spiritual weight into this meeting despite having like normal lives supposedly up to this point. Um, they decided that they were going to explore their spirituality together. So they spent two years kind of studying the Bible, Mm -hmm. studying, um, a bunch of different like philosophies, talking about spirituality, different philosophies and coming up with this, um, religion, whatever heaven's gate would be. 
They gave themselves new names. I think they went by Bo and Peep. Yes. Originally. That was um, apparently after they started getting followers because in their heads they're like, we, we, we have sheep, so we're Bo and Peep. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, and they also went by the names T and Do, yes. as in Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So, La, Ti, Do. Yeah. Um, now, it, it is my understanding that the woman, Bonnie, was the real leader of the cult. 100%. And that Marshall was kind of her spokesperson. She was the sage and he was the voice. People say that she had an aura about her that really was the selling factor for believing in Heaven's Gate. Something, they said like she would make the air sparkle around yeah. her. Yeah. She claimed to be an extraterrestrial being who had been sent back to Earth who had been prophesized in the Bible. Yeah, they thought the two of them were like the, the two people in Ezekiel or something. We'll get into it. Yeah, but yeah they, they say that they're specifically mentioned in Revelations, in Revelation, which, that's what it was. which is the book that describes the end of the world. And basically saying that, um, you know, aliens have visited Earth and they are alien representatives. Um, well, this is this is what they were really saying, because I yeah. kind of mentioned this earlier. So their whole philosophy was this, that, um, you know, humans don't have to die to go to heaven, that heaven is a real place, a real place, a physical place out there in space. And you can get there yeah. without dying. Uh, and they say that this has happened in the Bible uh, through the process called ascension. Yeah. Where you, you know, you ascend into heaven uh, without having to die. And they claim that not only did Jesus ascend to heaven, supposedly Mary ascended to heaven, but there were a couple of prophets that ascended to heaven as well. One of them being the prophet Elijah. Okay. Who supposedly, let me pull up my notes here on Elijah. Elijah supposedly was taken to heaven on what is known as a chariot of fire. There's not much description of it. Yeah. But it says in the Bible, apparently, and this is according to Wikipedia, so I should have gone to Biblepedia. <laughs> Biblepedia. Uh, Elijah strikes a body of water. The water immediately divides. Elijah crosses on dry land. Suddenly, a chariot of fire and horses of fire appear, and Elijah is lifted in a whirlwind. As Elijah is lifted up, his mantle falls to the ground, and he is taken away. He's ascended to heaven. And that's it. That's all they say. A chariot of fire. Uh, with horses of fire, mm -hmm. pick him up in a whirlwind, which to me sounds like alien abduction. I don't yeah. know, it's probably making no face. Um, this is what Bonnie and uh, Marshall, well, T and Doe, this, yeah. is, this is what they basically say. Like the Bible says that people can go to heaven without dying. We believe that Ezekiel saw a UFO, which he describes as a chariot. Elijah was taken on a chariot of fire, a similar chariot, off to heaven. Yeah. We think that a UFO will come to earth basically every 2,000 years and pick up true believers, true followers, and take them to the physical realm of heaven. That heaven will open up its gates every 2,000 years. But you have to first reach the next level. The only way you're going to ascend to heaven is if you... Get rid of all your earthly belongings, uh, you know, your family, just any attachment to Earth. You have to become very alien-like. Well, I don't know if it's alien-like, honestly. 
the, I, they have a photo and stuff of like an alien that they're trying to ascend to, like right, the perfect yeah. being. I have a photo of it here if you want to see that guy. Oh, yeah, bring it up. I think yeah. I've seen this guy. Yeah, that's to them, that's reaching the next level is looking like that. Yeah, well, this comes later. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Comes, I think originally these were the people who were going to pick you up. Yeah. And they were going to take you to heaven and then they were going to make you into one of these people. Yeah. You essentially, these are immortal beings that <laughs> yeah. humans will be uh, transferred into, is the theory. Yeah. But a lot of what they were saying to reach that level, I mean, it's not that far removed from what a lot of religions uh, pursue in their spirituality. They studied this thing called ascetism, ascetism, mm -hmm. which is a lifestyle characterized by the abstinence uh, from sensual pleasures, often for the purposes of pursuing spiritual goals mm. so if you think of like um people fasting yeah they're like monks and stuff yeah monks yeah. exactly people abstaining from sex mm. people not eating certain kinds of meats yeah kosher whatever like mm, yeah kosher definitely. there's so many religions that tell you to not partake or in or do the things that you enjoy to deprive yourself of it in the pursuit of a higher spiritual awareness. Mm. So the fact that Heaven's Gate was telling their followers to do that, it wasn't that far removed from the things that these people were already doing in their quote-unquote normal religions. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to talk about this because it, it feels like in the early days of, of Heaven's Gate, whatever they were called, mm -hmm. it didn't seem that bad. Like, the only thing that really upsets me is a lot of the followers were told to, like, leave their families. Yeah. And, and some of these people had children. And, and, and it's not even like these people were, like, dumb people a lot of them had good jobs and good careers and were smart and they just like left everything yeah um but it's not like what they were preaching wasn't like be kind and be nice like it was it was i felt like in the early days of it it seemed like just every other kind of hippie commune well when we drove out to the heaven's gate house i yeah. was kind of talking to you about the videos i had watched with marshall applewhite and yeah what struck me was this guy you know I think it's safe to say that he could be considered a monster for what he did because he I, led yeah. 39 people to their death. But he never comes across as intimidating. No. He never comes across as threatening. And that, to me, was the scariest thing about him because he was such a calming, non-confrontational presence he has this Pied Piper effect of luring people to do things they should not be doing. And that, to me, was what was so scary about yeah. him. You know, like, Jason Voorhees, serial killer, Charles Manson, even though he was very charming, too. Uh, what am I trying to say? Yeah, When we think of monsters, yeah. when we think of people who are scary. Clive Barker talked about we this. We think of people who are actively coming yeah. after you, who are threatening you, who are pursuing you. Marshall Applewhite, Apple, yeah, Applewhite was yeah. this different kind of um, predator who would lure you in and make you feel really lulled into a false sense of security. Yeah. And that was the scariest thing about him, in my opinion. Yeah, Clive Barker always talked about this, how the scariest people, um, when he was making Hellraiser, so I'm going to go on a short tangent here. Okay, go They for wanted it. to make Hellraiser, or Pinhead, like, quippy, and like a Freddy Krueger, but Clive Barker was like, no, he has to be really smart and, like, put together, because nothing's scarier than someone who knows exactly what they're doing. And he, I feel like that's a similar kind of thing. He's scary because he knows what he's doing. 
Um, well, yeah, yeah, I do agree with you there. I think that he, um, definitely went off the rails at some point and took a lot of people with him. Yeah. Let's pause because Mm. we've been going for half an hour. I think we should go on location. I think we should show everybody the house that we're talking about. This is like a really famous location here in San Diego. Mm. Um, an infamous location. It's, uh, famous all over the world. This is the mansion where the Heaven's Gate cult was discovered. In March of 1997, we visited the location. We tracked it down. We talked about it yeah. um, on location. Let's let's show this footage, and then we'll come back and get into more of this story. This sure. is us visiting the Heaven's Gate Mansion here in San Diego. We are standing on location in front of the house in Rancho Santa Fe, San Diego, where on March 26th, 1997, 39 dead bodies were pulled out of this property in one of the most famous, infamous events, notorious notorious events in modern American history, the Heaven's Gate cult mass suicide. We're on location. It happened right up this road behind those gates. We don't want to get too close to the gates because there's a security camera there and we're actually standing on the road in between three or four really wealthy gated off mansion properties. Maybe camera person, you just want to do like a swoop of the area here, give people a sense of the wealth and affluence in this neighborhood. It's very nice. It's very quaint um, for such a dark event to have occurred. Johnny, you were tingling on the way up here. You were so excited to pull up. I... I got a bunch of info just in general about this house. Um, apparently, all these neighbors, after the event, uh, pooled their money in and bought the property to just tear it down. So the actual house is not the same, but the location is the same. The uh, address has changed multiple times. And also I learned, hold on, let me pull my notes out here. I think in 2017, this place sold for $4 million. So uh, I think they built a new mansion. Apparently it's huge. Camera person, I'm gonna take the camera from you. Yeah. Because from my angle, you can actually see a little bit. I don't wanna see too much, but you could just see it. Part of the roof of the house poking out up there. That's the property up there. That's the fence line here leading up to this gate. Oh, excuse me, $2 million uh, in 2017, according to Zillow, is how much this sold for. Um, Um, Yeah, I don't know. What's ironic about Heaven's Gate as a cult ending up here in this mansion is that they didn't even own this mansion. No, they rented it. It's also starting to rain right now. We had the best uh, weather for this. It's so gloomy and sad. Um, they rented this mansion yeah. after living the homeless lifestyle as a, a, a band of roaming vagabonds touring the country, living in like tents and shanties, preaching in empty dirt fields, parks and church basements for years and years and years, kind of rejecting wealth and money. They were told to give up all earthly possessions yeah. and kind of live this life uh, where everything was deprived from them. And yet they came to this giant mansion in a really like wealthy part of town to to uh, do their final act. Yeah, I, I did some research. Uh, apparently it's not super well known, but it took about three days for them to kill themselves. Um, I wish I could put that in a better way. But uh, yeah, uh, they had to do it in kind of uh, groups of 15. It is raining here. We're gonna go back to the studio and talk yeah. more details about um, 
the cult, what they believed, what happened in the aftermath. But for a second, I just want to take in the fact that um, 39 people lost their life on this location. Supposedly, when it happened back in 1997, the neighbors around here had no idea what was happening when one police officer came up to this house. Supposedly, the police had received an anonymous tip from one member of Heaven's Gate who had left the cult, um, but was aware of what they were planning on doing. And he had come back to this property to sneak in through a back door that had been left open Yeah. because they knew that people would have to come and find them. They left the back door open. This guy came in, he found everybody. He reported it to the police as an anonymous tip. One police officer came out here thinking it was a joke. I saw an interview, he said, I was going up to the door getting ready to explain why I was here. Hey, you know, somebody's pranking you. He walked in that same back door, discovered 39 bodies. They started pulling them out one by one. These neighbors had no idea what was going on. Yeah. They thought a mass murder had occurred. Holy shit. Could you imagine 39 dead bodies get pulled out of your neighbor's house and you're thinking, is Jason Voorhees in the neighborhood? <laughs> is there a fucking serial killer here? How do all these people die? Yeah. Um, I shouldn't be laughing. Well, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm presenting it in a, in a funny way. You know, it's, it's bizarre. Life is bizarre uh, oh. to have this experience happen next to you. All these um, reports started coming out at the time because nobody knew it was going on. Bad information, crisscross information, yeah. a lot of wrong stories. It took a little while to sort it out. Um, but, you know, it went on to become really infamous. What else are you going to say? Um, this is more of just me speaking frankly here. Uh, a lot of the places we visited, uh, there's kind of like, you know... I felt weird, um, but there was never any like concrete evidence or anything. There was kind of just, uh, yeah, you know, like ghost stories, Bigfoot, exactly. You know, it's all like hearsay. Hundred percent for like certain, like thirty-nine people died here. Uh, so it's just there's definitely this like eeriness. I also feel like we're like in a place we're not supposed to be. Uh, I don't know. This is like I, I have. I'm like. I have this feeling in the pit of my stomach that's like kind of going over me. Like I feel insane right now. Well, do you say 39 people died here? According to them, they're still alive. Yeah. According to Heaven's Gate, death was never part of the plan. We're going to cover all that yeah. and more. And we're going to try to pay a visit to the San Diego Sheriff's Museum where they have a recreation of the scene of the crime. They have a replica of the dead bodies as they were found nike shoes purple shawl we're going to try to head on down there see if we can see that display see what we can see um but this is the location of the house of the heaven's gate cult and their mass self-death event i I'm, I'm literally at a loss for words i don't know let's keep it going let's move on to the next segment Welcome back. Uh, we said we were going to go to the San Diego Sheriff's Museum, but yes. turns out they're closed. Yeah, turns out they're uh, renovating. Renovating. They're not renovating anything. I <laughs> looked over the fence. Yeah. There was nobody in there. I went across the street to the ice cream shop. The girl said that they hadn't been there in a whole year. What? They're not renovating <laughs> anything. I guess people aren't clamoring to go to the Sheriff's Museum. I am. Yeah, me too. I wanted to see that stuff. I wanted to see they have a pair of the Nikes. I have so much info on the Nikes, but we'll get to that later. Well, let's talk about the Nikes. You want to talk about the Nikes? Okay. G give me a second here. Um, all right. 
the shoes, the famous Heaven's Gate shoes. They are called Nike Decades. Um, after the incident, Nike actually uh, discontinued the shoe, and uh, now they're a collector's item. Uh, they're selling for like a thousand thousands on eBay. Yeah, I heard they go for like four thousand bucks. Uh, I looked at a recent listing, and it was going one was going for like twelve hundred for like a size eleven. Oh, okay. Um, Weren't they like ten dollars originally? Yeah, I think the reason they got them was because they got some sort of deal where they were able to get like a bunch of them for like no money. And now they're mo the most infamous shoe on, in the fucking planet, on the planet. Um, Is it really? I mean, I've heard you I say that. I think so. The most infamous shoe. I, in doing research, I found so many people that just only wanted to talk about the shoes. Really? Yeah, there's people who are like, I found like sneakerhead forums are like, yo, check it out. Paid 4K for these Nike decades. And everyone's like, oh man. And everyone just like wants Nike to bring it back. But Nike cannot bring it back. It would be in such poor taste to do that. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. Oh wait, I have a picture here of the shoes if you want to see those. Uh, yeah, show the people at home in case they don't know. Oh wow, on purple. Yeah. That's that's in, in bad taste. taste. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in doing research here, I, I learned a couple years ago. This is what uh, Nike put out a shoe. They didn't say anything about this. They just happened to put these shoes out. These are called the Nike uh, Ventura Runners. That's uh, the same shoe, bro. Is it the same shoe? I mean, it's as close as they can get. People are like, uh, okay. So uh, people go after these a lot too. I think I like the centuries better. The decades? The decades. Yeah. I like the decades too. Um, so yeah, like fucking insane. Like that I I guess they're like one of the most sought after shoe ever. Um, so I'm just trying to look at my notes here. Yeah. We're just talking about the shoe. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have about the shoe. Okay. Uh yeah, it and also what you said, like they were able to get a bunch of them for cheap. So, um, you know, I mentioned this when we were at that house, but it kind of is ironic to me that the Heaven's Gate cult ended up in a mansion. Yeah. Because for the majority of their existence, they were kind of this roaming vagabond band of homeless UFO religious nuts. Uh, a lot of camping. Yeah. There was this um, incident. So earlier in this episode, we kind of described... How it all got started in the mid seventies. Mm. We we've jumped all over the place. Yeah, we've yeah. gone all from they <laughs> killed themselves and we saw the house to these shoes are valuable to <laughs> UFOs in the Bible. But let's get back on track sure. with holding meetings in the seventies. Yes, T and O are telling people that you don't have to die to go to heaven and an uh, alien ship is going to pick you up. They got something like a hundred followers by nineteen seventy five. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then all of a sudden, the cult disappears. I actually have info about this if you if you want to go into that. Um, apparently, they just became so like people were hearing about them because um, there are all these articles about how like 30 people in Portland disappear because mm -hmm. people would just leave and go with them. Um, people are just looking for these their, their relatives and friends. Uh, they kind of found them in different parts of the country. They would go all over the place and they started getting like, all this negative press. There was a big article in Psychology Today that called them like um like weirdos like ufo weirdos and then yeah. like all these other publications started writing about it to the point where they just had this huge magnifying glass on it they lost like 50 percent of their members and they all just went into hiding after that and became like more of a tight knit uh group. yeah i also found some information there okay 
they went into hiding and were uh, camping out in parks because Marshall Applewhite was on the run from the law. Oh, shit. Because he had stolen a car. I did not get any of this information. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> apparently, they got a rental car in St. Louis and just never returned it. Oh, my God. And then he was like pulled over or something later. Mm. And they were like, this is like a stolen vehicle. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. And he like fled the cops and was like, they're, they're going to arrest me. So... He didn't like want to check into hotels. He was just trying to keep a low profile. Yeah. Um, he was running away from the police. So he'd go to like these small towns and then they would just set up shop in the middle of nowhere. This is why I, th I think that he had to go on the lamb yeah. and basically took the cult with him. And they were like, wherever you go, we'll follow. So what T and Doe would do is announce the next town that they were going to once, okay. once they got in the, this situation, they would announce the next town they were going to. And then they would just tell all their followers, okay, break up. We'll see you there. And then groups of people would roll into this next town and then start handing out flyers, preaching, trying to recruit people, but they didn't really know where T and Doe were. Oh yeah. Yeah. They just knew they were somewhere in this town. And so you would kind of show up in this town and, do your thing, hand out flyers, and then you'd see somebody, you know, oh, there's uh so-and-so, there's Austin from the cult. Mm. Oh, there's uh, Loti. They gave themselves stupid names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they would talk to each other like, where are we going next? And they're like, oh, I heard from so-and-so who heard from so-and-so that T and Doe are over in the rock gulch at the end of town. You would try to find them, the mm. leaders of your cult, and then you would rejoin, and they'd have some big, what they call class, sermon. Yeah where they would preach some more and kind of get everybody from this town indoctrinated. And then they'd be like, okay, now we're going to Albuquerque. See you there. They break and they do it all over again. I heard in this era, there was a lot of like, this was before they really had their core, uh, kind of religion. And a lot of their meetings would just be like putting tuning forks on their head and being yeah. like, try to get to the frequency of the aliens. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so what I heard at this time yeah. was that Bonnie Nettles, was on the fucking edge of losing it this whole time. Because keep in mind, where's that flyer you gave me? Where's that flyer? The very first flyer they gave out. Let us review the facts here. Yeah. Phoenix <clears throat> Wright style. Yes. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to find it here. Um, You got this. Yes. Here we go. Two individuals say they were sent from the level above human and will return to that level in a spaceship within the next few months. Yes. They told their followers the spaceship is coming in a few months. When? What few months? Apparently, the followers would meet the meet them up in this park or, or this empty field, and the question is, when the fuck is this alien picking us up? And she'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, um, we're not at that level yet. Put these tuning forks to your head. Okay, and I heard this story that the followers kept demanding, like, you keep telling us it's a few months. It's a few months. Yeah. You tell us you are this extraterrestrial that's prophesied in the Bible. When is this happening? And she finally gave a date. She set a date. And it was like, in five years, the spaceship is coming in five years. And the followers said, okay, five years, ladies and gentlemen, five years. Damn. And they signed up to do it for five years. And they did this shit for five years. And yeah. then guess what? 
Five years they came know. and went, and they had this. They went out to the middle of the desert. I heard this story. Mm. They went to some sacred meeting site. Nothing happened. Jack shit. No aliens. No next level. Nothing. And T just had to say, oh, um, yeah, I, uh, the aliens, um, it, yeah, there's a problem. We're, we're not ready. And at this point, people started to kind of wise up like, um, okay, this is a joke. You know, yeah. you, you, you join this group when you're like 21. Now you're 26. Yeah. Are these aliens coming or not? Like what's going on here? I thought I'd do this for a few months and go to heaven. Yeah. I've been doing this for half a decade. Where are we going? Uh, it's funny. Cause like after that is, is kind of what I was saying is when all those articles also came out. So yeah. it was kind of like both of those happened around the similar times. So it's just funny to like it, it pretty much almost crumbled. Yeah. Like, and it's crazy that it kept going even after all that. Here's, um, here's something I heard that was interesting. So mm. they, um, T and Doe, Marshall and Bonnie, whatever you want to call them. They, yeah. they referred to themselves as the two, these prophesized, they had a lot of prophecies about themselves yeah. and what they said was going to happen early on in, in like 1973 or 74, they said that they were going to get murdered in the streets yeah, they thought and they were going to get martyred, yeah. They thought they were going to get murdered in the streets, and then they would be resurrected, mm. and then the, that would be a sign that the aliens were coming. And they were kind of kind of asking for it to happen, like, murder us. Some, oh, I hope nobody kills us in the streets, because <laughs> that might just prove it's all real, because we said it would happen. <laughs> nobody murdered them. Once again, the prophecies that they had made did not come true. And all the while, Bonnie was telling people, yeah, I, I will be murdered, but I will be resurrected because I cannot die because I am of a higher level and I'm going back to the higher level in this body without dying. Yeah. Remember, this is all based around ascension, going to heaven without having to die. The her, vehicle, yeah. as they said. Well, that came later mm. because her followers, they believed that she was immortal. But guess what? I have some info about this too. Bonnie contracted cancer. Yes. And um, she had to have surgery. I guess it was like the tumor was growing and it was pushing on her eye and on her skull. Yes. And I think she had to have like an eye removed. She, and it yeah. left a big scar on her face. And this really went against what she had been telling her followers. She mm. had been telling them that she was an immortal being, uh, like essentially an angel, like a, an agent of God. And now she's walking around like one-eyed Pete yeah. with a giant gash on her face. And you're thinking like, I don't know if you're as immortal as you claim to be. Um. And the yeah. operation didn't didn't cure her of her cancer. And the cancer got worse. I, I think she died very shortly after that first operation. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it spread to her uh pancreas. Right. Yeah. And uh yeah, she died. She died. And I, I I'll even finish in a second here. I think to me, this is the turning point of the whole cult. Absolutely. This, this is when it becomes like the heaven's gate you know about. So, um, 
she is the leader. Marshall is the voice. She's the sage. Now he's the leader. Yeah. Um, and something that was really interesting, I found out, up until this point, you've already mentioned this, they weren't allowed to enjoy their earthly possessions. They no. weren't allowed to talk to their families. Nope. They were completely isolated. They weren't allowed to have sex. People who would join the cult as couples would be split up and isolated from each other. You wouldn't yep. be able to see your boyfriend or girlfriend. And they would purposely pair you. They had like a buddy system mm-hmm. in, the, in the cult, but they would pair you with somebody that they knew you didn't like. Yeah, like polar opposites. Yeah, so like somebody who loves Trump gets paired with somebody who loves Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. But when Marshall became the leader, he kind of had this uh, moment of crisis. He didn't know what to do. He sent everybody home. Yeah. And everybody in the cult got to go home for one day. Yes. I heard about this. And and that's when I think you start getting like the actual, like 40 people like after that, like the core 40 that we, we know about now. Yeah. And I think there were more than 40. Yeah, I mean, at the end, there were 39, but uh, before that, yeah, I think there were a couple more. Yeah, because um, the guy who found him was like the 40th member. He was like, yeah. I'm not going to do this. And then he came back later and he's like, oh, shit. Found him. Um, but what? That guy, his name is Rio, uh-huh. uh, famously filmed uh, the house after he, he went back. Yeah. Uh, I have that video. I don't. It really fucked me up. Okay. Well, so we I don't know if we, we want to watch be it. showing that video. Yeah, but I don't know if you want to see and get your reaction. But uh, there was, it's like, there's like Brazilian music blaring <laughs> in this empty house. He's not saying anything. He's just going through. These people are psyched. And it's, it's like, it might be the most morbid footage I've ever seen. It, well, like, no, it fucked I'm, me up. I'm not in the mood yeah. to watch yeah, that yeah. right now. I'll <laughs> uh, be honest with you. I, yeah, yeah. No, that's totally fine. I literally had to get up from my, my computer and like do something else after I saw that footage. Like I literally was like, this is not that's Johnny brain for you. Yeah. Okay. You guys are out here being like, Johnny showing butt bungee. I found the thing that, that, that really got under my skin. That, that was my butt bungee. Wow. Seeing that footage. Okay. Anything else to say about the Rio video? Um, no. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> getting back to the death of Bonnie Nettles. Yes. Yeah, this is interesting because, by the way, we're doing this podcast, but there are so many awesome podcasts and documentaries 100%. About, uh, out there about Heaven's Gate. I recommend a couple. One is done by um, the guy who did the Spooked podcast. Yeah, I don't know his name. I think name. his name is Noah Glenn Washington. I okay. might be getting that wrong. He has like a 10 part series where they interview ex cult members, family members, and they play a lot of footage of uh, videos and recordings, stuff that nobody's ever seen because they got this from family members. Um, yeah, I have some uh, exit interviews as well. If you want to look at those later, we'll look at those in a yeah. second. You saw the HBO documentary. Yes. Which was also really good. Um, but in the podcast, they play this phone call that Marshall Applewhite made to the daughter of Bonnie Nettles after Bonnie had died. And he kind of apologizes to her because he didn't, they kept her death a secret for a year. They showed that in the HBO doc as well. Uh, they, they said that he mailed her a tape. Yeah. Yeah. The leader of the cult died. They didn't tell anybody for a year, not even her daughter. And then he calls her up. Well, he records a tape, I yeah. guess. It's kind of like an answering machine message that goes on forever. But in that tape, 
uh, and this is 12 or 13 years before the final event, mm-hmm. you can see the wheels turning because he's yeah. saying all these things that allude to, you know, I know that someday this will have to end and I don't think anybody realizes what that end will be, but it it will have to come to an end and we'll have to make that step to go to the final level. He's saying stuff like that while going through the grieving process for um, his partner, Bonnie. Yeah, uh, they kind of talk about this in the HBO doc, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, the pivot of like this happens in Christianity too. Like the Savior dies, and then it becomes you know uh, more about uh, the resurrection. Uh-huh. Like that was kind of the pivot of this. Is like she died, and you know now it's the pivot of like we need to get on this spaceship. Yeah, it totally changed their views of ascension yeah. because they no longer believe that they would ascend to heaven in their earthly body. This was the big change because their leader always said, I'm immortal. I'm not going to die. I'm going to heaven. Well, then she died. Yeah. And the new leader says, no, she didn't. Yeah. And they started then, instead of focusing on the ascensions of the Bible, started focusing on the reincarnations of the Bible. And they start saying, there's all these people in the Bible who got reincarnated as other later people in Mm. the Bible. Um, And this is kind of where it takes a big turn. Yeah, this is when they start going into like, I don't know. I think right before she died is when they got into their their naming system, um, where they all all their names end in uh, ODY or OD, um, which I think meant like they're like a young version or they're still learning. But apparently, when they ascend, they would go turn to to Odd, uh, and they kept referring to themselves as the family of Odd. So like, I think if your name, if we gave you one of their names, it would be like Derody. And me, it would be like Jerody. I really don't care. It sounds <laughs> fucking stupid. Let's talk about something. I mean, just the Odie name. Mm. Like, come on, you guys. This is where I would like get out of the cult. I'd be like, hey, I'm with you for the aliens taking me to heaven, but my name is Derody. It's. I feel like it's a form of indoctrin- indoctrination. Like, get rid of your name and ev- and all your human belongings and kind of keep you there. Because it, it also adds like a kind of like team mentality. I feel like. Um, I read that Odie was a play on the word God that they were just oh. taking out, uh, the G from OD and then ODY was like young God. Yeah. 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 All this stupid. Yeah. Stuff. And the, they would become the OD when, or the odd when they, uh, instead of God, by the way, <laughs> this all reeks of horrible nineties, new age crap. I remember yeah. being a kid in the nineties when all these ideas were fresh and people would be like, Oh yes, we put Odie at the end of our name because it's like young God. And it's like, uh, this is so cringy. Yeah. I'm sure he got some stuff from self-help, 90s self-help books. <laughs> um, I want to pause and I want to yes. talk. And this is something I promised earlier in the episode. And now I want to deliver on it. Sure. Let's talk about these ancient UFOs. What did they look like? And in your opinion, are these UFOs or not? So I talked about the book, The Spaceships of Ezekiel, where we got the Omni Wheel from. Mm -hmm. And I told you that that book argues that Ezekiel, the prophet who had a vision of God, did not have a vision of God, that he actually saw ancient astronauts. I want to read to you Ezekiel's vision of the chariot. This is from uh, the Old Testament of the Bible. Some people interpret this vision to be a description of ancient aliens. We're going to go through it, and then I have some pictures of how people have interpreted this. Mm. And this may or may not be the same chariot of fire 
that abducted the prophet Elijah and oh, took shit. him to heaven. This may or may not be the same UFO that Heaven's Gate was waiting for. So here it is. As described in the vision, the chariot is made of many heavenly beings driven by one entity or thing that is simply described as the likeness of man. Mm. I'll read that again. The chariot is made of many heavenly beings driven by the likeness of man. The base structure of the chariot is composed of four beings. They are known as, they were referred to as angels, um, known as the Hayat or Hayat. Okay. These angels, uh, there are four of them, and each of them have four faces. I love when you get into the actual biblical uh, design of angels. Yeah. They're fucking scary. <laughs> these are, by the way, when you see scary angels, yeah. these are them. Yeah. This specifically, this ancient UFO, this is where we get scary angels from. Yeah. And I'm going to show you a picture. So there's four of these angels, and they have four faces. Uh, that means 16 faces total. Each of these beings has the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. Okay. And it's, they're on a ring, and they face in the four cardinal directions, north, south, east, and west. Four angels, four faces, a total of 16 faces. Each of them also has four wings. The wings spread across the length of the chariot and connect with the wings of angels on the other side so that this creates a sort of box which forms the perimeter of the chariot. So again, scary. I am just describing these four angels that have four faces and four wings and the wings connect in a grid that form the box and base of the chariot. So yeah, when you're at home and you're thinking about angels and you see a little like harp yeah. playing guy, no, it's like yeah, a yeah, fucking yeah. Olympic ring of, of gonna, hellish shit. I'm going to continue. All right. Yeah. So are we, uh, we're clear on these angels, the four faced angels <laughs> yeah. and their wings make this box. Mm. Are we clear on that? Yes. I'm, I'm going to move forward. All right. Below that, but not attached to it, are other angels that are shaped like wheels. These wheel angels are described as a wheel inside of a wheel, and they are known as Ophanim wheel angels. I think they use that in Evangelion. These wheels are not directly under the chariot, but are nearby and along its perimeter. Um, it says, okay, so then we have these interlocking wheels that are not quite underneath the chariot, but are nearby and around the perimeter. Okay. Um, by the way, remember the four faces on the Hayat? Yeah. The face of man, there's a man's face on it. It always faces east. And it always looks up at the likeness of man that drives the chariot. The likeness of man, this the, the main astronaut, sits on a throne made of sapphire. I feel like you're putting a spell on me right now. <laughs> I'm just describing it. Yeah, I know. All right. I'm going to, there's one more element to this spaceship. Yeah. And then we'll kind of cover all of it. Okay. <clears throat> there's a third type of angel found in the Merkaba. Merkaba translates as a chariot or a chariot of the sky. These are called seraphim. These angels, these. this is crazy. Yeah. These angels appear like flashes of fire, continuously ascending and descending. <laughs> you know, flashes of fire going up and down. Um, these angels power the movement of the chariot. There's a hierarchy of these angels. 
The seraphim, the flames going up and down, are at the highest, uh, at the highest part of the hierarchy. That is, they are closest to God. In the middle are the four-faced winged angels that make up the perimeter. And at the lowest part of the hierarchy are the wheel, are the wheels. They say, now here's why Ezekiel says there's a hierarchy, and this to me really not sells UFO. Mm. The chariot is in a constant state of motion. The energy behind this movement runs according to the hierarchy. The movement of the flame angels is controlled, is controlled by the winged angels, and the movement of the winged angels is controlled by the wheeled angels, and all of the angels of the chariot are controlled by the man on the throne. Yeah, no, if, if you really think about it, he's kind of like describing a weird engine. Yes. Like pistons and, and, and movement. Like, yeah. yeah, there's like, that's crazy. I mean, literally these angels are described as uh, flashes of light that go up and down. Mm. Like that sounds like some UFO stuff and then spinning wheels yeah. and then interlocked. Um, Let me, let me pull up the pictures here that I have of these. Sure. Uh, check that out. Okay. That's one. You can see the wheel within a wheel. Terrifying. Here's a here's another one. Now both of these kind of represent this chariot as like disembodied. Yeah. I feel like these aren't integrated very well. And they don't kind of represent like a UFO. But I also think that these are like people in the Middle Ages trying to draw something described in the Bible, not having any concept of what a UFO yeah, is. Yeah, 100%. Like they don't get the wings making a perimeter of box around this. They don't quite get it in my opinion. But yeah. This reminds me of that Voyager episode where there's a world that um, moves really quickly. And so they're in front of a planet for like maybe a minute, but they end up being part of like the 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 planet's like biblical shit. That sounds awesome. Because they, they were just in the sky for a little bit. Wonder for, where they got that idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and apparently this uh, Merkaba, the likeness of man in it, could show Ezekiel um, okay. visions of the future. Okay. And uh, all kinds of weird shit. Give him information, stuff like that. So, anyways, yeah, that's the chariot. That's, I love that. That's uh, supposed, and uh, we can assume that's the same chariot of fire that that um, took Elijah mm. to heaven too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's one hundred percent. By the way, that's the UFO that they I can only assume thought was behind the Haley Bob comet. By the way. Yes. Do you know why they thought a UFO was behind the Haley Bob Comet? No. I do. Go for it. And it all comes <laughs> down to a little radio show about cryptids and weirdness and strangeness. Orson Welles. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. It was um, AM 600's Coast to Coast. Oh, shit. With Art Bell. Really? Yeah. I, it's so funny that th th this cult has like gone like like two decades at this point, like 70s, 80s and 90s. I guess it's three decades. It covers so much. Yeah. Right? Like it, it, it frees me out to the point it ties, where they got to that. Like Chariots of the Gods yeah. from 1968 yeah. to an episode of Coast to the Coast with Art Bell in 1996. Yeah, that's fucking insane. So check this out. In November of 1996, an amateur astronomer named Chuck Schramack of Houston, Texas, took some images of the Haley Bob Comet, which showed fuzzy, slightly elongated objects nearby. One, actually. One, one object. 
His computer sky viewing program did not identify a star, so Shramick called Art Bell on the radio program Coast to Coast AM to announce that he had discovered a Saturn-like object following the Haley-Bob comet. UFO enthusiasts um, concluded that there was an alien spacecraft following the comet. Mm -hmm. Seven, uh, several astronomers refuted that claim, but according to all reports, that was the episode of Coast to Coast that spread the theory of a UFO following the comet out amongst the general population here in America. That was in November of 1996. Okay. Four months later, Heaven's Gate committed suicide. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So. Uh, do you have any memories of like, because you were in San Diego at the time. Yeah, but honestly, it didn't even occur to me. I, I wasn't even aware that this happened in San Diego. Yeah. I, like, pretty much everyone else, just it was something on the news, and you didn't really know where it happened, and you didn't really know anything about it. Um, I brought it up to Kevin offhandedly, and he was like, I, I will always remember that comment. Because apparently, like, he looked up and saw it, and then the next day it was like that, all that news broke. I thought that was super interesting. Um, I don't remember the comment. Yeah. I wish I did. I mean, I'm not going to see it again until I'm like 50-something years old. Yeah. Apparently, the comet comes every 75 years. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is it is it different? Is it is that Haley's Comet? Yeah. Okay. Because in my head, like I was reading like Haley Bop, and I was like, is that the same comet? It or is. Or the two different comets? Yeah, it's Haley's Comet. Oh. I don't, and now, you know, back then it was just Haley's Comet. Yeah. And I always thought it was Haley Bob. Yeah. But I, uh, apparently, it's Haley Bop. Yeah, I don't... I, <laughs> With two <laughs> Ps. Um... I wanted to talk about the internet. Let's talk about the internet. We're on the internet. I don't think I really have anything else to say okay. about, um, you know, Heaven's Gate or... I have a couple things. Or the ancient aliens. Yeah, what's up? Um, I want to talk about this. I thought it was super interesting. Uh, Heaven's Gate was kind of the first cult to have, like, a tool like the internet. Yeah. They were able to, like, get people to join their cult through the internet by having a website and all this stuff. Um, yeah, so that was like a new tool for, for a cult. Um, the, the, their website is still up to this day. Makes sense that a UFO cult would be, you know, up to date on the latest technology. <laughs> yeah. I have a, a, a photo of their website here. Oh, we're going to look at the shoes again. Oh, this is their website. It's still up to this day. Yeah. I that remember this website. Like that, this still. This looks like a classic 1996 website. I miss when the internet looked yeah. like this. Col um, colored font on a starscape background. A JPEG with hard edges just plopped right in the top corner. <laughs> God, they don't make them like this anymore. So this, this stuff was like probably the most interesting thing I found, I think, to, for me, is I even found this article from... Uh, 97 after the suicides had happened that uh from i i don't know a uh, magazine this is I'll, I'll show it on the screen here but uh it was an internet ratings uh section and they said that the the heaven's gate site uh top was in the top 15 for entertainment and news uh in that month so this is like for me this is like such a crazy snapshot here hold on wait 
The Heaven's Gate website scored a 2.7 in the top 15 of sites for news, info, entertainment category during March before dropping out of sight in April. Its brief popularity was driven by the mass suicide of the Haley Bob Colt that month. Yeah, okay. Everybody wanted to know what they were about. Yeah, exactly. So, like, to this day, that website's still up. But here's the thing that I found interesting. Did you know that, um, I mean, you know this from running a website. It costs money to keep a website up. Uh-huh. And they don't have any human belongings. How are they making money to keep this website up? Apparently, a lot of the members were all like these nerds. They're all super smart and a lot of them knew how to code. So apparently they were running a web design uh, company from uh, like wherever they were staying. Hmm. Um, the name of the, uh, their web design company was uh, Higher Source. I have a photo here of their website. This is higher source. This is like they would send this to, to clients and be Yo, like, we can build wait, a website. Maybe Alienware was founded by Heaven's Gate members. <laughs> Yo, um, maybe um, what's another UFO themed computer product? I'm not sure. Uh, iPad. No. Yeah. Dude, Apple. Adam and Eve. Whoa. Think about it. Um, yeah. So they would apparently make their money by having a, a a section of their followers doing web design. Okay. Um, they were proficient in Java, Visual Basic, SQL, and C++. Um, there's a super interesting thing, thing I found. I keep saying super interesting. I should chill. Um, if you use the Wayback Machine, the site is still up. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently uh, in some of their clients, uh, they did like the San Diego Polo team or something. Uh, all the, the sites that they've uh, designed are still up, and I have them here. Um, here, let me. So these are websites that were designed by Heaven's Gate cult members. Yes. So we have keep. Oh, well, well, that one didn't work. Is that a Padres website? Uh, I like this one, Pre Madonna. Fuck. Uh, none of your websites are working. This worked flawlessly when i did the other day it was a san diego polo club what the fuck these were so sick i pulled these up the other day and they were really good i'm really mad right now is our internet broken what's going on yeah i don't know oh here yeah dude the san diego polo club this website sucks yeah right (laughs) um that's kind of what i wanted to show you the the other ones were so good i wish yes okay okay um It's vaguely loading. Let me refresh. What is the pre-Madonna? I don't know. This thing had the funniest header too. Madonna, seven songs, 10 tracks, never heard before. Is this a fake Madonna album? I I really don't know. They would like make these sites for people. Um, Keep the Faith was pretty good. I wish, I hope that loads. The quest for love, happiness, and purpose. Prepare yourself for the journey unlike any other on the internet. Um, I'll try to get better, uh, versions of these sites. I'm, I'm kind of bummed. They were working like really good the other day. Um, sometimes Wayback machine is a little jank. Okay. Um, damn, that really bums me out, but this is their site and stuff still. This is all their, uh, cool. All their services. So, um, yeah, these guys, they program websites, uh, their website's great. Uh, it's a fabulous website. You can still find it on the internet today. Um, 
we actually reached out to Heaven's Gate yes, about this <laughs> and we got some links to some of their videos. They yeah. have a Vimeo channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've pretty much covered uh, the cult at this point without going too much into the events of 1997, yeah. which again, there are a lot of podcasts and documentaries out there that are very thorough. If you're more interested in... Um, the beat by beat what happened uh, to the members of the cult. You can find that in other places. Sure. But I've really enjoyed covering some of the more fringe topics surrounding Heaven's Gate, what they believe, why they believed it, a little bit of their history. Mm -hmm. Um, What else do you have to show us? Uh, I have some exit interviews. Um, I I mean, like, it's hard because I do have kind of a tour of the house afterwards, but I don't know if that's too gruesome. But I'm down. Yeah, we already talked about how we don't want to watch that. (laughs) How it bummed you out for the whole day. No, it was a different video from the news. But I'd I'd like to watch some uh, exit interviews if you're down. Sure, let's do a little bit of exit interviews. What are these people who left left the cult? These were the people. uh, (laughs) Exit interview as these are the people that uh, were found. One of uh, the 39 people. This was um, being interviewed before they exited. I thought this was like, I hate Marshall and I'm leaving because he's a dick. No, they, they were, this is just them talking before they're going to go to the, the ship on the Haley Bop. So this is uh, Custody and Sirodi. Okay, we're going to begin our interviews today with Sirodi. How long have you been in this classroom circumstance? Um, I've been in here. Since Valentine's Day, 21 years ago. Okay. And is there anything in particular? You These would two like look to like say? they would develop a website. Um, what would I like to say? Oh goodness. Um, there's so much I want to say to you. But just about anything that would be of any significance to you. Um, These two look like cult members. Yeah, they all had to have the same haircut. Keep in mind. This person says they have been in this cult for 21 years, so they haven't had sex or watched a movie in 21 years. Yeah. And we know for a fact that they pair you up with somebody who they think you're going to fucking hate. So these two <laughs> probably would despise each other in real yeah. life. I'm definitely getting that vibe by uh, Custody that he does not like Sarodi no. at all. Uh, This is like a two hour long video. We could skip through if you want to see what the other people looked like. Uh, You can leave it play. Okay. You know, I read that because they all had the same haircut that... At first, people thought it was an uh, all-male cult. Yeah. They thought that all the people who they found in the house were men, but it turns out that there were more women there than men. There were 19 men and 21 women. You know, like, I, I really thought about how, like, it, it was kind of progressive of them to be, like, this kind of, like, weird... I shouldn't say weird, but, like, this kind of genderless uh, group. I feel like that's a... Side note, a cool thing. this is something we didn't talk about, but I heard reports that Marshall Applewhite was accused of attempting to have a sexual relationship with a boy when he yeah. was originally in a youth ministry as like a musical drama teacher. I heard that as well. Whatever. His dad was apparently a, a preacher as well. Yeah, so I find it really fascinating that a big tenement of the Heaven's Gate cult is the abstinence of sex, which is something that they hammer in yeah. time and again, over and over and over again. Like, you cannot have sex because he was already living his life repressing himself sexually yeah. and then founded a cult where he requ- required everyone else to do the same thing. 
Yeah, I was finding, I, I couldn't find too much info, info about this, but like, I don't know how true it is, but I was hearing some stuff about castration. I don't know how true that is, though. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and skip ahead to here, see some of these other charming people. Here's two women. Two women who clearly fucking hate each other. <laughs> can't, can't stand each other. I kind of just like, you know, watching these people in the 90s. People were too polite because you see a, a group of people looking like this today. You yeah. know, something's up. You'd be like, well, let's send the FBI. Save these people. <laughs> yeah. Back then I was like, well, you well, know, uh, there were a lot of interviews with family members who were like, you know, it seemed really harmless. Yeah. It seemed weird, but I just let them do their own thing and, you know, they'll figure it out. Now we know better. It's like, you got exactly. a haircut like that. Come with me. You're being deprogrammed. Oh, wait. Let's see these people. Oh, this guy looks like a cut up. They all look like Jim Cornette. Man. What was with the... What are those things that keep your glasses on? Uh, Yeah, the strings? I don't know. Yeah, I. that's a strange choice. I feel like they all have them. They all have glasses, too. A lot of these people are really old. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Well, I mean, a lot of them have been around, been in the group since the 70s, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah, the, the more research I did, the more I learned that they were all kind of just a bunch of nerds, and it made me really sad. Well, you're telling me that these people are, like, really intelligent, but yeah. one, their websites look like crap. <laughs> I mean, it was and the 90s. two, they believe all this yeah. stuff that Marshall Applewhite is peddling. I feel like they're all just a bunch of people who who just didn't feel right in in their lives, and I yeah. feel like that that's what cults really kind of prey on, gives them purpose and, and all that stuff. Absolutely, um, these people were searching for something, and uh, you know they they were vulnerable. Yeah, at the time when they found this. Okay, well these exit interviews are interesting to look at, but yeah. I don't really want to watch them for much longer. I think that's it. I think I that's think so. our whole episode. Um, Actually long it. Yeah, we went a little long on this one. Hey, thanks everybody for sticking with us, for Thank watching you. us, for supporting Mega Strange, the Mega Strange podcast, and the Mega Strange YouTube channel. Um, our subscribers are growing like crazy, and that's really awesome for yeah. us. So yeah, if you haven't already done it, go ahead and subscribe to the Mega Strange YouTube channel. That is the number one way you can help us grow this podcast, make it bigger and better. Uh, you know, and put this on in the car when you're driving with a friend because especially this episode, yeah, especially this episode, because sharing this with somebody, you know, is also going to help us expand our audience here. Um, uh, what else do I want to say? You know, we have a mega strange Instagram uh, account that you can follow where we post kind of all the stuff we come across in our research. Sometimes it's stuff that we don't even get into the show. So that's a nice little place where we can dump some extra content. Oh, Speaking of extra content, yes. we're going to be uploading shorter clips every Tuesday mm -hmm. to the Mega Strange YouTube channel. So if you don't have the time to watch a full hour-long episode about all the weird shit we're talking about, <laughs> you can get a little... A little taste. Yeah, a little booster video every Tuesday. Just two or three minutes of just a little weirdness for you. Minor Strange. Minor Strange. I like that name a lot. Yeah, it's like Minor Threats. My new Ooh. punk band, Minor Strange. Um, we should make a mega strange shirt that's just the minor threat. Yeah, that's coming uh, on sheep. the way. Is there anything else you want to add to that? No. Uh, I just want to 
say thank you to everyone for watching. Uh, that's about it. I, I get really hyped every week when we put out an episode and seeing everyone's nice comments. Yeah, we've been doing some spooky stuff, yeah. some scary stuff. We have some lighthearted episodes uh, planned as well coming up, some awesome interviews mm. and some more on-location shoots. So we'll be back yes. with more Mega Strangeness from this Mega Strange world. Until next time, you stay safe and you keep the lights on because you never know what's out there going bump in the night or when a 16-faced angel UFO might come down and abduct you. Yeah, or they'll find a cult on the internet. Yeah, and when that happens, you know we'll be there to talk yeah. all about it. So until then, you take care of yourself. We'll be back next Saturday with more Mega Strangeness. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. <laughs>